Oh, Cedar Street, again, I love you so very much. It's my joy to be with you as we start 2023 together. Some of us are sniffling and coughing, and uh, man, that was right on cue. Um, that was me at four o'clock in the morning until my good friend Mucinex showed up. I said to told somebody Mucinex needs to be on the prayer report today, um, or praise. But I wanted to start as I prayed uh, through this, and you know, I spent a lot of time walking with the Lord, just asking where He would want me to be to to bring us together uh, to start 2023. And there's a passage that just kept coming up over and over. And that's what we're going to look at here today is in Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Simple title to start 2023 is the blessing of beginning 2023 with Christ. With Christ. Those two words, I want to take them and stamp them on your heart. Okay? Now we talked all the way through Christmas, right? We talked about the season of Advent. Okay? Advent means coming. And we talked about the first coming of Jesus at Christmas, looking forward to the second coming of Jesus. But then we talked about in our final message on Christmas Day last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus is with us. He became one of us. Here's the problem. A lot of us celebrate Christmas that Jesus came and and condescended and took on flesh and bones and became one of us and he was the baby lying in a manger. But when we put up our Christmas decorations, we put the baby up with the manger. We got to take the baby out of there. All right, Jesus was a baby, but he was a lot more. All right, he did everything that was needed for our salvation. Okay, he lived perfectly, he died sacrificially, he rose supernaturally, he ascended heavenly. And the good news about ascending heavenly is, okay, Christmas led to Easter, which led to Pentecost. At Pentecost, he sent down his Holy Spirit. And so now you and I have Jesus Christ inside of us, and we have access to him through his Spirit. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's a good place to start 2023. It's a good place to start. That no matter what happens, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter what changes we're trying to make, what tragedies we're trying to overcome, um, no matter what we're struggling with, those two words, with Christ, I want that to change 2023 for everybody in this room, myself included. With Christ. Christ. There's nothing you and I are going to do this year if we're followers of Jesus that we are going to do apart from Christ. And we can choose to press into that and welcome him into and ask for his help with everything that we're going to do. Or we could stiff arm him and say, you know what? I got this covered. I'll let you know when I need help. I I want to start 2023 with open arms saying, Jesus, I want you to be a part of everything that I'm doing this year. So what's our big idea as we look at Philippians 1? In one sentence, as we begin 2023, let's count the blessings of beginning this year in abiding fellowship with Christ. Again, as we begin 2023, let's count the blessings of beginning this year in abiding fellowship with Christ. This is the greatest blessing we have, and everything else we do this year should flow from this. So let's get our hearts and minds right and and think about this with Christ's life. So if you want to know more about this abiding fellowship, would you join me by turning to the book of Philippians? Book of Philippians, if you don't have a Bible, you can grab the Pew Bible in front of you or beside you or on page 1164 in your Pew Bible. And if you would stand at this time, out of the reverence to the reading of God's holy, infallible, inerrant, and fully sufficient word, we are in Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 21, 
and work our way down through verse 23. Hear God's word to us through his servant, the Apostle Paul, inspired of the Holy Spirit of God. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for the with Christ life. We don't have to do anything on our own. We do it in your presence. We do it in your power if we are open to you. And so, Lord, as we begin this first day of 2023, I pray for myself. I pray for every person in this church. I pray for our visitors, their families. I pray that each of us would start 2023 with open arms saying, Jesus, more of you, more of your presence, more of your provision, more of your power, more of your word. Let us not do this alone. Let's do everything we're doing this year with you for your glory, for our joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Again, I want to press those two words in. With Christ. This is the with Christ life that God has offered to us. It's amazing if you, if you, if you look for it in the New Testament. The words with Christ or in Christ. You'll start seeing them everywhere. I mean, it is a prominent theme throughout the entire New Testament that when you and I become followers of Jesus Christ, it is a partnership that lasts for eternity. The problem is we are so fixated, and all of us are to some degree, about getting out of hell and getting into heaven that once we're saved, we begin this journey of saying, okay, now that I'm saved, I've got to go share this with other people, and that's important. We don't do that enough. But we forget that God's not finished with us. He just started with us. In fact, he just pinned a number to our chest and we began a new race. And it's a race that we can choose to run alone or it's a race that we can choose to run with him. And he never created us to do it alone. We have Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, theologians call this union with Christ. We are united to him in a very mysterious way. We'll talk later on about the, the vine, abiding in the vine. He's the vine and we're the branches. This is not some cute metaphor for a Christmas card. This is how you and I are supposed to do Monday morning when we're brushing our teeth. We're just supposed to be communing with the Lord, welcoming Him into our presence, having daily conversation with Him, asking for His help over great things and small things. This is an ongoing partnership. And it doesn't happen all at once. You know the neat thing about looking around in this room, we're all at different places in our faith. And you would also think, well, because Bo's a pastor, he's the furthest down the line. That is not true at all. There are plenty of people in this room who've been walking with Jesus a lot longer than me, and they know him better than I do, and they encourage me to keep walking. All right, so this is the with Christ life, and this is what God intended. If you think about the Garden of Eden, the original intention in the Garden of Eden was two things, okay? Intimacy and dependency. Intimacy and dependency. Adam and Eve were supposed to have intimacy with God. He came down and walked with them in the cool of the day. And they were supposed to enjoy dependency. They could ask and receive. Ask and receive. They could have everything they needed if they walked in fellowship with God. Now again, what, what happened? Well, sin happened. 
They refused to obey God on His terms. It fractured the relationship of God and man. They were kicked out of the garden. So they no longer had intimacy and they had to become self-dependent. Well, because of Jesus Christ, He's repaired the relationship. All right, now we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have the blood of Jesus that covers us. We've been forgiven. We've been invited in. Now, now we're not in heaven yet. We're going to get to that at the end of the message. But while we're here on earth, we're not, we don't have to wait to heaven to have fellowship with Christ. It begins now and it builds now and it continues now. So right here and now, you don't need anything else in your life to have a great 2023. Because if you have Jesus, you have intimacy and you can be dependent that He's going to provide what you need. We have everything we need right now. That's why I love the songs that Jody chose. Count your blessings. See what God has already done. He's given us Christ. And it's like the greatest Christmas present that stays under the tree, unwrapped. So what does it look like practically? Well, that's what I want to talk about a little bit. How do we live by the grace of God to enjoy His presence and His provision, both now and as we head towards our heavenly homecoming? Well, I want to count our blessings by looking at just two aspects of beginning 2023 with Christ. And this comes right out of the text. Number one, let's look at the blessing of living with Christ in 2023. The blessing of living with Christ in 2023. We're going to look at the first part of verse 21, and then we're going to look at all of verse 22. All right, in the first part of verse 21, Paul says, For to me, to live is Christ. He connects Jesus to everything that it means to live. There may be people in this world who have breath in their lungs, but you cannot say that you know what it means to live unless you have the author of life living inside of you. To live is Christ. He's the source. He's the source, and we go back to the source. The Bible consistently talks about all true life begins and ends with Christ. And again, I want to push further than most of us want to go. Most of us want to say, well, that means we got out of hell and got into heaven. Of course, that's true, but there's more to it. There's something about your life here on earth that should have changed remarkably when you got saved, and then you begin a journey. Now, the journey takes time. Someone said that spiritual growth is the slowest process on planet Earth. Now, if you want to have physical growth, okay, you guys get a, a gym membership here in Metter, uh, it's going to take a few weeks and uh, some aches and pains and a lot of sweating and all that. But after a few weeks, you can look in this, on the scale, you'll get look in the mirror, and most of you can begin to see real physical change. Spiritual growth is a little bit different. It takes years. But here's, a, here's a, a landmark, 2023, New Year's Day, January 1st, we can look back, can we say we're different than we were January 1st, 2022? Can we say maybe that we know Jesus more than we did, that we hate our sin more than we used to, that we're walking with him and seeing him move in our lives? If the answer is yes, praise God, keep going. If the answer is no, let's get back on course today. Let's get back on course today. You know, the Bible, it connects Jesus to life, true life. John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then in John 10, 10, it says, he came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Again, there's a lot of people that twist that and to say that he gave us abundant life, which means if you have enough faith, you're going to have great health, wealth, and prosperity. That is false. God may or may not give those things to you. The abundant life that he's talking about is fellowship with God. That's abundant life. It's the reason why you were created. And, and listen, the primary blessing of our salvation is we have an inseparable fellowship with God that will never be separated again. 
All right. Hell and heaven, yeah, they're, they're background. They're secondary. Obviously, if we are not going to hell, but we're going to be in heaven, we get to experience continual fellowship with God. But that starts now. It starts at salvation. You were separated from God because of your sin, but you have God. You woke up this morning in January 1st, 2023. If you're a Christian, you woke up with God living inside of you. Name a better blessing. Name it. And if you name it, by the way, that will be your God instead of the God who's living inside of you. You say, well, why don't I experience more joy? Because it's a partnership. You can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit. You can leave Jesus alone and say, I got this, I'll take care of this. Or you can demand from Jesus, I want you to fix this, and until you fix this, I'm not going to be happy. And Jesus says, why am I not enough? We have fellowship with him, and it's a partnership. It's a relationship. It's like any other relationship. It's a two-way street. We have to invest in it. But we can celebrate that no matter what happens, there's nothing that you can do or that you've done or that you will do that will separate you from his love if you're a genuine Christian. If you're a genuine Christian and you're in a state of confession, repentance, and faith, you can be cleansed and renewed, and, and you can celebrate that you did not lose what you could not earn. The primary blessing of our salvation is inseparable union with Christ. Well, another aspect, a secondary blessing of our salvation is now we get to do fruitful labor with Christ. Here's the neat thing about it. When you got saved and you received the Holy Spirit, you got spiritual gifts. And can I say, when God handed out gifts, he didn't forget anybody. You and I have spiritual gifts that God has given us and fruitful labor to build up the kingdom of God. And every single person in the room has it. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how physically able you are. Your life may change. There may be seasons where you're very active in ministries where it takes a lot of energy and maybe towards the end, there's other things that God's called you to. But let me just say, everybody in this room has a gift. And it's a joy to serve God and with the power and the grace of Christ to use that gift to build his kingdom. Paul said, you know, if I stay here on earth, even though people are gunning for my life, fruitful labor. If I stay here, I win. If I go home to Christ, I win. Either way, I have God and I have his grace to do his work. You know, I, I was reading something yesterday and it just reminded me of this. I, I think I've known this for years, but I want to say it out loud so you hear it. A pastor is in no way any more important than any servant in the kingdom of God. Sometimes you look up here and you say, well, that's ministry. No, 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 no. Guess what? Stay-at-home mom is ministry. Working at the bank is ministry. Digging ditches is ministry. You've been given a gift and you've been called to go out and use that gift for his glory and point to Jesus Christ. Fruitful labor. And that fruitful labor is not just collecting a paycheck. Sure, we got to support our families. Fruitful labor is I was used by God to bring glory to his name by what he's called me to do this week. And again, let me say that also includes those of you who are retired. Your work is different. Now you're not punching a clock, but you're serving God. You say, well, how can I best serve him? Well, there's a prayer list in your bulletin. You can labor in prayer and shake the kingdom of God upside down. And some of you have a little bit more time to do that now than you did when you were punching a clock. All of us can serve God. It's meaningful. I just want to say this. I don't care what position of life you're in. Sometimes we go through such suffering and we say the suffering is meaningless. It's not. 
I don't care if you're in a hospital bed. It's not meaningless. You're not just breathing in and out air and God forgot about you and it's just meaningless. Every moment here on earth has purpose and meaning and God is using it and sanctifying it. The question is, in every moment, are you willing to seek Christ? That's what makes it special. That's what makes it holy. What makes it more holy for you as a Christian who's punching a clock versus the person in the next cubicle over who doesn't know Jesus? What's the difference? You're doing it for a person, and they're doing it for a paycheck. Fruitful labor. It's the blessing. And again, it's labor we don't have to do on our own. I remember... uh, a Christian author really encouraging me about this a a while ago, and I forget about it and I go back to it, but I'm going back to it more and more. The person said, if there's anything in your day that is very boring or very difficult and you dread doing it, why not ask Jesus tangibly to do it with you? I mean, I'm not just being theoretical. I'm being practical. As you, as you have to file papers, as you have to send emails, as you have to call disgruntled customers, and you're like, ugh, Take five to ten seconds and say, Jesus, I don't want to do this by myself. Would you be with me? Would you sweeten my spirit? Would you give me the grace to do this? And I'm telling you, he does. He gives us that grace. And that's what he wants. You know, why do we go to him when we finally get to the point where we can't do it, when we should have been asking for his help for all the things that we think that we can do? Because we should never do these things alone. God did not intend for it to be that way. See, that's the abiding life. The abiding life in, in, in John 15, 5, it's one of my life verses. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The branch needs the vine. Now, here's the problem. Some of you are very gifted branches. And so you've been used to year after year bearing some type of fruit but it's not true kingdom fruit because you're not doing it in the power of Christ for the glory of Christ. So my encouragement as we think through what does it mean to start 2023 with Jesus? Talk to Him. Let's not complicate prayer. Listen, I'm I'm the chief of sinners when it comes to complicating prayer. God wants you to pray as He has made you. He wants me to pray as He has made me. And He wants us to go to Him and tell him the core of our heart, everything you're struggling with, everything you need help with, and then continue that discussion with him throughout the day. But as you continue that discussion, I also want you to focus on the blessing that he is with you. Because sometimes if, if, our, if our prayers consistently, Jesus, fix this, Jesus, do this, Jesus, I need this, we forget what we already need more than anything else is him, and we have him. So part of that intercession needs to lead to times of praise. And and I'm telling you, God's helping me with this more than anybody else. When when my spirit gets in the ditch, when I find a little sour spirit, I'm trying my best by the help of God to be content, to say, Jesus, what are things you've already done that I don't need to ask for that I can simply say thank you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is something we can do all year long. Most of you have made those New Year's resolutions for the physical body. Okay, don't lie to me. All right, that, that, that cheesecake's the, you know, December 31st. I'm going to shove my face full of cheesecake because January 1st, it's back to trail mix. We'll find out. 
There's nothing wrong with resolutions if it motivates you to make a change that will bring you into greater strength and health. But I don't see a lot of people making spiritual resolutions. And the, and the Bible actually says that physical health is some benefit, but not as much as spiritual. No, our spirit, our soul is what we need to invest in. And so cultivating that desire, that muscle, that, that habit of talking to Jesus and seeking his grace that's number one, the blessing of living with Christ in 2023. Now, number two, I want you to hear me clearly because I think this could change your living with Christ if you knew the joy of moving closer to being with Christ. Number two, let's look at the blessing of dying with Christ in 2023 as we look at the second part of verse uh, 21 and verse 23. The second part of verse 21 says, to die is gain. To die is gain. And then Verse 3 says, I am hard-pressed between the two. Paul says, I want to live and have fruitful labor, but I also want to die and be with Christ. He says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. What he is saying is that our greatest earthly loss will become our greatest eternal reward. Now, if the Apostle Paul was up here preaching, you'd probably start asking, you know, Paul, are you having some suicidal thoughts? We probably need to talk. All right, you know, you've talked about how you have fruitful labor and it's, it's meaningful and it's great and to live as Christ, and yet you have a greater desire to die. Why? And he says, because to depart and be with the one that I want so much is far better. Now, Paul would say, don't take me home until my mission's done. And what I say to you is, our life is in the hands of God. If God wants me here 50 more years, praise God, fruitful labor. If God wants to call me home before I get my truck to the house, praise God, I benefit, I gain. You know, my first week, my first week in, in Metter, Georgia, um, I got hired at Pineland Telephone. My first job was to broadcast Michael Guido's funeral, and Stuart Gerald brought a, an autographed copy of Michael Guido's autobiography. And you know what he signed it with? Michael Guido, Philippians 1. This is the exact passage that he signed. And I was told later that he had a brush with death, but recovered. And once he recovered, he made this his motto. He made this his anthem. He says, if I stay here, great. More souls get saved. If I go home, better. I get to be with Jesus. Either way, I win. Can I just say, maybe he's a pretty good example of how we should live 2023. If I stay here, win. If I go home, win. I was going to call this sermon the win-win scenario, but it sounded like a used car salesman. And I, and I, I just, listen, listen to those words. It's, it is a win-win scenario. And I want us to press into that. To die is gain. And the reason why someone like Paul would say, or the reason why someone like Michael Guido would say it is gain is because here's why. They're running a race. And they know what race they're in. Can I just be totally honest with you? And, and I blame our country because we're the most prosperous country on planet Earth. When Christians in this country get saved, the race they're winning is not intimacy with Jesus. The race they're running, they're running is prosperity. If I have enough faith, I can name it and claim it. I can have health and wealth. I can have all these blessings. And they're saying, Jesus, I want you to give me this. And Jesus is saying, why don't you want me? I am what your soul needs. And so, you know, the song that Jody cho chose about uh, soul on fire, we're running after his heart. That's the race that we're running. Now, if he wants to give us prosperity, then so be it. I'll say this. Remember he said, 
it's rare that a rich man entered the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say it was impossible. And Lord knows we need some wealthy people in the kingdom who don't care about their stuff, that are just sacrificially giving. So praise God, if that's one of you and God's blessed you with that and you're using it for the kingdom, praise God. There was prosperous people in the Bible who were some of the most godliest people in the Bible. So poverty is also not godliness just because we have poverty. But it's not the point. The point is running after God's heart. That's the race that we're running. And when we cross the finish line, we receive the fullness of God. You will see Jesus Christ with your eyes. That's a race that you should be running towards. And this is what makes me sad as a pastor. I have done, and the reason I bring this up on, on New Year's Day is because as you look around this room, and I'm just being honest with you, I've been here, it's my seventh year as your senior pastor. As I look around this room on January 1st, not everybody in this room will be here December 31st. And that's nothing to be sad about. Because if, if any of you in this room go to be with Jesus before I stand here, January 1st, 2024, you gained. You received a reward. Now, why doesn't it feel that way? Well, of all the funerals I've done, and I just, I have one of two categories, and I would never say this out loud, but I often think this as I'm preaching funerals. In every funeral I've ever done, there's people who finished a race and there's people that ran out of gas. What's the difference? Finished a race was I had a mission, I knew where I was going, I know who Christ is, I love him, I'm seeking to grow in him, and I'm going to keep going till he says, come home. Running out of gas is I'm looking for comfort and prosperity, and the older I get, the more I'm going to spend as much money as I can to be as comfortable as I can, and I'm not thinking about my eternity. Now, that does not mean that we don't use the means of grace to try to have the best life we can. Again, I didn't wake up at 4 a.m. this morning coughing a lung up and say, you know, I should be more content in Christ. I took Mucinex. That's a means of grace, right? So for all of us, I'm not saying that we should not pursue the blessings that God has given us to extend life and to have good quality life. We should do those things. Praise God for Christian doctors. Praise God for medicine. What I am saying is, where are you headed? What direction are you going? If your direction is simply earthly prosperity, if your direction is, is just health, wealth, and, and, and riches, uh, let me just say this. You're not running the Christian race. Here, here's what the Bible says about it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9.24, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Run after the heart of Christ. And then what about 2 Timothy 4.7? This is the last book that Paul wrote after Philippians. This is the last book he wrote before he died. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So Cedar Street, as your pastor and friend, I, I, with, with joy and encouragement, I say run the right race. Run it with Jesus. Make 2023 a year where you have more intimacy with him and you have more dependence upon him and you do more fruitful labor with him and you will live with him until he chooses and then you will die with him. And when you die, you will gain him, all of him, all of him. It's the ultimate win-win scenario. Listen, the only way that 2023 is not a win-win for you is if you've never gotten in the race. If you're someone who says, you know, I believe in Jesus, I was raised to know Christ, I've had a Bible on my coffee table, 
But if you would say that as you thought through 2023 and all your resolutions, the thought of more intimacy with Christ and asking for his help, if that never came to your mind, are you running the race? Do you trust him? Do you trust that he was perfect where you're not? That he took on the punishment you deserve? That he ascended and sent down his spirit? Do you trust him? And maybe you are a Christian, but like I said, you quench the spirit and, and you've, just, you've, you've called on him when you need something, but your day-to-day just pushes him right out. Well, bring him back in. What a great way to start the new year. Bring him back in. The with Christ life. It's the life that we're called to live. And so how do I sum this up in one sentence? Remember throughout this year the greatest blessing of the gospel. Being with Christ means the me has become we. Remember throughout this year the greatest blessing of the gospel. Being with Christ means the me has become we. Uh, And and I quote Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're crucified with Christ. You know what that means? Before you were a Christian, your life was all about you. When you became a Christian, your life was all about Christ in you. He lives in us. He is the one that we live by faith in. We love him because he loved us and he gave himself for us. The Bible says that we live by faith and not by sight, which means the things that we can't see are even more important than the things that we can. As we draw to a close, and maybe some of you are still thinking, that sounds great. That's a great way for a pastor to start the new year. But I live in the real world, my man. Maybe some of you are thinking that way. You're putting that top shelf theology. This is practical Christian living. And you know who taught me that? And I'll, I'll probably embarrass her, but one of my co-workers, Miss Edna. She said something to me years ago. She's hiding in the back there. She said the sweetest thing, and it, it actually had more of an impact on my heart than anything a professor has ever said. She said, I go, I go to bed at night and I say, Jesus, thank you for doing this with me, and let's do good work together tomorrow. That's the Christian life. There's nothing complicated about it. And that's our finance secretary, by the way. So every penny, Jesus is working with her. All right? That's the Christian life. Guess what? You cannot do life on your own and have the joy God intends for you. You can't. Can you live life your own? Sure. The Bible talks many times about when we refuse to walk with Christ, he hands us over to what we really want. That's what he did to Adam and Eve. That's what Romans 1 says. Yeah, that's the way you want to live, then I hand you over to that. If you don't want me to be a part of what you're doing, you think you can do it by yourself, then do it. And we've all done that, right? Now as a father, I, 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 it reminds me of it every time my daughter says, Daddy, no, I'll do it. And I'm thinking, if you would just let me help you, we'd get this done a lot faster. And then it's like God saying, ding dong. How long have I been telling you the same thing, Bo? You can still wander in the wilderness or you can pay attention. We can get through this together. As as we enter into this new year, here's my prayer for you as your pastor and friend. You take these two words and you press them as deep into your soul as you possibly can with Christ. There's nothing that you're doing this year that is not holy and sanctified or that is unimportant to God if you do it with Christ. If you live to see December 31st, 
you win. Fruitful labor. God's going to use your gifts. God's going to advance the kingdom. You're going to be eternally blessed. If anybody in this room dies before December 31st, guess what? You win. You finish the race. You win the prize. You've kept the faith. Either way, we win. That's a blessing worth counting in 2023. Let's pray. Oh, Father. If we're going to be honest, we're tired. The year didn't even start yet, and we're tired. We're congested. We're uh, trying to get our sea legs back here as we enter into the first week of the new year. All the pressures that were put on the back burner for the holidays are going to come back full force. And Lord, our problems are real and they're painful. Lord, we choose to start this year not looking at our problems, though they're there. We choose to start this year counting our blessings that you are there, that you are here. You are one of us. You are with us. And through the Holy Spirit, you are in us. So, Lord, I pray for myself and I pray for everybody in this room and the families they represent, Lord. The world, the flesh, and the devil would love for us to focus on ourselves, focus on our own strength. Focus on our own wisdom and those things that lead to nowhere. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough to do what you've called us to do. And we'll never have the joy that you want us to have if we do it without you. So Lord, I pray that you help us to leave this first day of the new year with those two words, with Christ. Help us to live the with Christ life so that we can stand at the end of the year and say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Because no matter what, I have Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.